The Productive Woman, Episode 448. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we're talking about dealing with distractions, especially digital distractions. You'll find more information and links to some resources I mentioned in the episode, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 448. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander, one of my very favorite productivity tools. You can take your time back with the power of Text Expander. Repetitive typing, little mistakes, searching for answers, these all take precious time away from us when we're working. With Text Expander, you can take it back. They're offering TPW listeners 20% off your purchase if you use my link which is textexpander.com slash TPW and enter the code TPW when you order. You don't need to waste time typing or cutting and pasting things you've already worded perfectly. Simply create a snippet that you save in Text Expander, and you'll never need to retype again. Your snippets are saved to the cloud, so they're available on all your devices, Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Text Expander, a snippet in their lingo is an abbreviation. It's just a few keystrokes that you can type that will automatically expand into the text you've assigned it to. I personally have dozens of snippets for frequently used text, everything from phone numbers and email addresses, my state bar numbers as a lawyer, all the way up to longer messages comprised of several formatted paragraphs with frequently shared information for clients, colleagues, and others. You can also create snippets that will automatically correct typos in words you tend to misspell or mistype. And Text Expander Statistics Reporting lets you see how much time you save by using snippets for frequently used words, phrases, even whole messages with formatting and images in your emails, your instructions, documents, anything you type on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. So with Text Expander, you can work faster and smarter. You can use Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type. You can create powerful snippets to save you time so that all you type is the short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest of the work for you. And if you work with a team in your company and a, a nonprofit organization that you're a part of, you can create efficiencies with the whole team, keeping them communicating efficiently and with consistent language by sharing your snippets of messaging, signatures, and descriptions with everyone who works on projects with you. You can visit textexpander.com slash TPW to learn more and be sure to use my code TPW at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. All right. 
When I was working on some of the recent episodes about managing our time and setting ourselves up for greater productivity, I kept coming across information about distractions and their impact on our life and on our productivity. And, you know, this is something I certainly deal with in my life, and I know you probably do as well. I actually started to include some thoughts about distractions in last week's episode about small changes to boost productivity. But as I started working on it, I just felt like it was worth an episode of its own. We last focused on dealing with distractions five years ago in episode 243. And there's some really good general information there and some tips uh, for dealing with distractions in our life. So it's worth listening to that episode again. But this time I wanted to look at it again and focus mostly on digital distractions because we live in an age of digital stuff. Our smartphones are always near us. Our you know, everywhere there's digital communication and different ways that digital devices can distract us from accomplishing the things that are important to us. So I thought we'd talk about that this week. As is typical for me, if you've listened very long, you know I care about the meaning of words. And so I started again by going back and looking at what is a distraction? How does the dictionary define distraction? And the Oxford Dictionary Online defines distraction as a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. And I think that's a pretty good basic definition of the term. And we all know what those things are in our life when we are doing one thing but being distracted by something else so that we're not able to give our full attention to the task in front of us or the person in front of us. In his book, Indistractable, uh, with subtitle, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life, a writer near Isle, I think that's how his name is pronounced, refers to distractions as actions that move us away from what we really want. And I really like that definition or that description of the word distractions, what they are. They move us away from what really matters to us. Now, as we discussed back in episode 243, definitions don't assign value to the thing that's distracting or the thing that's being distracted from. Both of those are neutral. Good things can distract from good things or even from better things. Good things can also distract us from bad things, as in the case when medical professionals use distraction during a painful or uncomfortable medical treatment. But when it comes to being productive in the sense of getting the things done that matter to us, distractions come with a cost. And we're going to talk about some of that uh, briefly in this episode. We talked about more of it in episode 243. There are various types of distractions. And again, back in episode 243, we get more into this. But basically, there are external and internal distractions. External distractions are things like other people, whether they're calling us or walking into our office or our kids coming and talking to us when we're trying to do something else. They can be distractions, other people. Technology is an external distraction, and we're going to talk more about that. Outside communications can be a distraction, whether it's a phone call. Noise around us can be a distraction from the work that we're doing. 
Often the most um, difficult distractions to deal with, though, are the internal ones. Things like worry and unresolved drama in our life or open loops, as we talked in some previous episodes about the getting things done methodology and, and David Allen's discussion of what he calls open loops, things that we intend to do but haven't done yet. Uh, those are open loops that can create distraction for us. And we talked in those episodes about the GTD methodology, about ways of keeping those open loops from distracting us, whether it's just by capturing them in our system, getting them written down and out of our head or whatever else. But those sorts of things can be distractions. Unmade decisions can be very distracting, right? So that what's going on in our head can very often distract us from the work that we're trying to do, uh, whatever it is, or the people that we're trying to spend time with. They can be things that move us away from what we really want because our mind is going elsewhere. Distractions have a great impact on our productivity, our focus, even our mental health. They prevent us from doing our best work. They can impair relationships. They can prevent us from being present in the moment and enjoying whatever we're experiencing. You know, distraction is the opposite of mindfulness, which we've talked about recently. And distractions can actually endanger us and others. Examples are texting while driving. It's a thing, right? People have been involved in pretty tragic auto accidents because of that. Watching TV or talking to other people while handling sharp objects or potentially dangerous equipment. When we are distracted doing certain kinds of things, it can actually endanger us or other people around us. I did a little bit of reading about why we get distracted, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Our brains are susceptible to distractions. Part of it is just the way our brains have developed, our, our innate human curiosity, and our brain's desire for novelty. Our brains are wired to watch for the new and the novel maybe because in the early stages of human life, the new and the novel can be a danger. So our brains are wired to watch for that around us and can't distinguish between between a, a phone call and a pterodactyl that's coming after us. And so that inclination to watch our environment for the new and the novel can distract us from the routine and even the important things in our life. The role of internet and technology is massive in this area. It takes advantage of our brain's inclination toward the new and the novel. And there's so much that's been written about the fact that the technologies we rely on are actually specifically designed to be addictive. I think we talked about this some back in episode 366 when we discussed Cal Newport's book, Digital Minimalism, as part of our recurring productive reading series. You might want to check that out as well. Uh, also, uh, another book that I haven't read but am going to be reading, I've, I've read a bunch of um, references to it as I was researching for this episode. Uh, it's a book called Irresistible, uh, written by a man named Adam Alter. And he talks about the fact that these technologies are literally engineered to be addictive to us. And in his book, Adam Alter 
talks about the research that shows that people develop a behavioral addiction to tech. That is an addiction that's based on behavior rather than chemistry. And it has some of the same effects that a drug addiction or a gambling addiction or any number of other kinds of addictions can have on us. One article I read on the Harvard Medical School website or a a research site that they have that says research has shown that social media cues such as likes on one of our posts or pictures of our friends laughing trigger a surge in dopamine, the neurotransmitter associated with pleasure and reward, which may diminish the motivation to pay attention to anything else. So when we find ourselves constantly checking our social media channels to see, has somebody liked this post or what's, you know, the, I don't know, the videos of cute kittens or babies laughing or whatever it is, all of those social media apps are literally designed to keep pulling us back to give us that hit of dopamine that our brain interprets as pleasure and a reward for checking it. So there's no question that those things are designed to be a distraction. Another reason our brains are susceptible to distraction is something that Near Isle talks about in his book, Indistractable, which is the urge to avoid discomfort even the discomfort of boredom. In an interview on bigthink.com, Isle describes distraction as a psychological response to emotional discomfort. And he says, when we are feeling anxious, bored, unhappy, or another disquieting sentiment, we are internally triggered to seek relief. We look for something to distract us from that feeling because we're not very good at coping with those kinds of emotions anymore. And kind of backing this up there uh, in a, a Harvard Business Review article, psychologist Larry Rosen had this to say about it. Why are we allowing ourselves to be so debilitated by technological distractions? Some people refer to the overuse of digital devices as an addiction. But since most of us don't appear to gain much pleasure from the behavior, a defining feature of addiction, I wouldn't classify it as such. That is, Rosen, the psychologist, says he wouldn't classify it as an addiction. He goes on to say, more accurate are terms such as FOMO, fear of missing out, FOBO, fear of being offline, and nomophobia, fear of being out of mobile phone contact, all forms of anxiety that border on obsession or compulsion. So this is what a a psychologist is saying about how it is and why it is that technology is such a form of distraction for us. He says, people are constantly checking their laptops, tablets, and phones because they worry about receiving new information after everyone else, responding too slowly to a text or an email, or being late to comment on or like a social media post. And in this BigThink.com article, Rosen refers to various studies that show spikes in anxiety among people who are prevented from checking their mobile devices as part of a study. They're, you know, put in a room and said, you know, don't check your phone for some period of time. And we feel 
anxiety and the physical effects of anxiety when we are not able to check our phones, whether it's, you know, an addiction as some people talk about it, or as Rosen refers to it, one of these other obsessions or compulsions, this fear of being out of contact or offline or missing out on something. Whatever the reasons, the effects of chronic distraction are well-known and well-documented. And all of us, even without reading the studies, I think probably most of us would shake our heads and say, yeah, that's, I felt that. So among them are digital fatigue, uh, which is defined in one article on, the, on a mental health blog as a state of mental exhaustion brought on by the excessive use of digital devices. It wears our brains out when we spend so much time on those digital devices. It also has a known and documented impact on our relationships and on our work performance. Um, there was a study by the American Psychology Association that's cited in an article that I read that says decades of research on happiness tell us that engaging positively with others is critical for our well-being. Modern technology may be wonderful, but it can easily sidetrack us and take us away from the special moments we have with friends and family in person. And this article talks about what I know we've all experienced, which is where you're, you know, at a gathering with friends or family, sitting at a restaurant table or the dinner table at home or wherever, and everybody's head is down looking at their phones instead of engaging with each other. It is a distraction from those relationships. Near Isle, in his book Indistractable that I've mentioned, agrees with this. He says, we can't cultivate close friendships if we're constantly distracted. And when I read that, I was thinking about various conversations I've had over the last year where I've shared my experience and heard other women saying the same thing about how hard it is to make friends as an adult woman with all the things we've got going on. You know, there are lots of reasons why it's difficult to develop those close friendships with, you know, the besties that we had when we were back in school. But I wonder how much of that difficulty it comes from the fact that we are constantly distracted by the stuff coming at us, including the, the things on our phone. The Harvard Business Review says digital overload may be the defining problem of today's workplace. So in addition to the impact on our relationships with the various people in our lives, it impacts our work and our productivity there. The article adds, even when we want to focus, it's nearly impossible. And when we're tempted to procrastinate, diversions are only a click away. And that article cites a Stanford University study, research that's done there that's, that shows, and I'm quoting here, people who regularly juggle several streams of content do not pay attention, memorize, or manage their tasks as well as those who focus on one thing at a time. The result, this Stanford University research says, is reduced productivity and engagement both in the office and at home. And I think we all know this, right? I, you know, we, there's research to back it up and we can go out there and find it and read it. But from our own personal experience, I think we, we recognize this, whether it's the distraction at work because 
you know, our, our email is constantly pinging at us or, you know, different things like that, or, and, you know, email's not fast enough anymore. So now there's Teams chat and Slack and all these other kinds of digital apps and communication apps that, that distract us from the work we're actually trying to do or the conversations we have. How many meetings have you been in at work or even conferences you've attended where you're there to learn something and everybody's, instead of listening to the person who's speaking, head down, looking at their phone, checking their calendar, looking at their email, checking Facebook, TikTok, whatever else it might be. We are not engaging. We are not productive in in any sense when we are constantly distracted by all these things. So what can we do about it? Well, you know, there's there's a ton of stuff out there. And I want to remind you that the articles that I've mentioned, the books that I've mentioned, I've linked to all of those in the show notes for this episode. If you want to do a little more reading yourself, both about the things we've already talked about, but also some strategies and techniques and tactics for dealing with it, for managing those distractions so we can actually get the things done that are important to us. And so I thought I'd share some of the the strategies and the tactics that I came across as I was researching this topic. And so the first one that comes up over and over again, we've talked about recently on this podcast, and that is mindfulness and meditation. So as we've discussed before, these can help us practice focusing, being undistracted, which as we develop that skill will improve both our peace of mind and our productivity. One writer that I read pointed out meditation can help develop focus, but it can also help you let go, give your brain a break. An exhausted brain, this article says, not only leads to poor focus, but can lead to poor sleep as well, which, you know, a lot of us have issues with. And so it impairs our productivity just because we're so tired. So mindfulness and meditation and the ways we've talked about that in the past can help us with managing our response to distractions. One article I read, and I, I couldn't find the quote for this, but I remember reading it, was was mentioned just kind of in passing that the problem isn't distractions, it's our response to them. And so mindfulness and meditation can help us strengthen our ability to sort of resist the distraction and stay focused on what matters to us at the moment. Another strategy or tactic that can help with dealing with distractions is time management techniques like the Pomodoro technique that we've talked about before, where we set a timer to focus on one task for 25 minutes or so, and then to take a five minute break. That can help us develop the habit of paying attention to one thing at a time. There are a number of general tactics that we talked about back in episode 243 when we talked about uh, distractions a few years ago. Uh, For instance, notice when you're distracted and investigate why. Is it something you don't want to do? Why? Learning to be uncomfortable mentally or physically for a while is a key to achieving the things you want to achieve in the long term. And that goes back to what Near Isle talks about, that the root cause of our distractibility is our 
inability to sit with discomfort, psychological discomfort. So notice when you're distracted, investigate why. Another tactic is to practice being aware of your mind. This goes to the mindfulness thing. What are you paying attention to and where do your thoughts go when they wander? If you daydream, for instance, daydream positively. Focus is a skill that can be improved, but it starts with awareness. We've got to notice when our mind wanders and then practice bringing it back to focus on what matters at the moment. Uh, Take action to deal with emotions that are distracting you. So if if we're distracted, we talked earlier about internal distractions like uh, unclosed loops or um, unmade decisions or unresolved drama. Take some action and deal with them so that those emotions can dissipate. Uh, A fourth thing we can do just in general when we're feeling distracted is to do a mind dump. Download those emotions, those thoughts, whatever it is onto paper, process them and feel them. If you're upset with somebody, process that and consider talking to them. Seek resolution where we can so that that distraction can, you know, go away. If you're worrying, intentionally turn your thoughts to solutions rather than focusing on the thing you're worried about. Finding a solution lets our brain let go of the worry and move back to the matter at hand, whatever it is we need to be focusing on. So those are some of the general kinds of uh, tactics we can use for dealing with distractions in general. There are some uh, in the various articles and, and things that I read for this episode, some tactics that are specific to technology-based distraction. So for instance, psychologist Larry Rosen encourages us to take breaks from tech. And he offered the following suggestions in that Harvard Business Review article that I mentioned earlier. And here I'm quoting him from the article. First, use behavioral principles to wean yourself from your digital devices. Allow yourself to check all modes of e-communication, but then shut everything down and silence your phone. Set an alarm for 15 minutes, and when that alarm goes off, give yourself one minute for a tech check-in. Repeat this process until you're comfortable increasing your off-grid time to an hour or several hours. This tactic, I think, deals with that anxiety that I talked about earlier, that there's these studies that show that anxiety builds and, and spikes in people when they're told, don't check your phones. A second strategy that Rosen recommends, uh, he says, is inspired by the research of Nathaniel Kleitman, who established that our brains work in 90-minute rest activity cycles, not only when we sleep, but also when we're awake. So, Rosen says, you should take a recharging break every hour and a half, especially if you're multitasking with technology, which makes the brain overly active. Even a 10-minute walk in nature is enough to have a calming effect. You might also listen to music, look at art, exercise, or meditate. So these are some strategies that this psychologist Larry Rosen recommends for uh, taking breaks from the tech to give our brains a, a chance to sort of be weaned off the obsession that we've developed with it. Now, others that I read say disconnecting isn't the answer and isn't practical in this day and age where so much of our communication is digital. So, for instance, Near Isle says that, as he believes, distraction starts from within 
as a response to some sort of psychological discomfort. He thinks we need to learn to recognize and address the sources of the discomfort that trigger us to reach for that distraction. So one of the things he recommends is scheduling blocks of time for those digital activities like email or social media or whatever, and focusing on those activities intentionally during those periods, because now they're no longer distractions, but purposefully chosen activities. Uh, So kind of restructuring those activities from a distraction that pulls you away from what you intend to do at the moment to being something you're doing on purpose at a scheduled time. Uh, I and others also recommend weeding out some of those external distractions by doing things like turning off those audible and visual alerts. I have turned all those off on my computer for sure so that when I'm working, I'm not getting pinged at by my emails because I get lots of emails when I'm at work. Uh, So turning those off can make a huge difference. Uh, Another thing some of them suggest is learning to use the do not disturb function of your computer and your mobile devices. So for instance, when I sit down to record an episode, I turn on the do not disturb button on my computer so that alerts are not going to come in from anything while I'm trying to focus on doing this. Uh, They also suggest removing from your devices apps that don't help you, that don't really serve a productive purpose, but do distract you from your other things. So those are a few things that people talk about. And the third strategy that I came across in several places really has to do with protecting our rest because when we are fatigued physically, And mentally, it's hard to be productive, of course. And so from a a Harvard Business Review article, they say, keep technology out of your bedroom. And the article says, the National Sleep Foundation and Mayo Clinic have noted that the use of blue light emitting LED devices is detrimental to your sleep, a critical period that cements what you learn during the day while removing useless information and the toxic byproducts of daily neuronal activities. The National Sleep Foundation recommends that you abstain from viewing digital material for one hour before bedtime, while Mayo Clinic suggests dimming screens used at night, keeping them 14 inches from your face, and removing them from the room when you're ready to sleep. And the aim of all this, according to the article, is to block the release of neurotransmitters that energize your brain and instead promote the production of melatonin, which allows you to rest. There are links in the show notes to several other articles that have lots of good ideas for minimizing the distractions of our digital devices. I also encourage you to check out Cal Newport's book, Digital Minimalism, and Nir Eyal's book, Indistractable, which this latter one we'll be talking about more in an upcoming episode because there's a lot of good stuff there. I guess to wrap it up, I would say distraction, both digital and otherwise, is a real issue for many of us who care about productivity and making a life that matters. And I think a combination of solutions is the best answer to the problem of digital distractions. Managing them by turning off alerts, eliminating problematic apps, and time boxing our digital activities is 
a key strategy for dealing with these digital distractions. But I think we can also all benefit from periodic, you know, I'll call them vacations from the digital world. Simple short-term things like putting devices away during meals, turning off all screens an hour before bedtime, putting your phone in another room while you work on an important project or have an important conversation, maybe even a day or a whole weekend with no devices. All of these things can give our brains a rest and let us focus on the kinds of in-person, face-to-face connections that can truly define a life that matters. So those are my thoughts on this. I wonder what do you think? Do you feel the effects of digital distraction? What tactics do you use or will you try to manage that distraction? I'd love to hear from you on this. You can share your questions or thoughts on this topic in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 448. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. Even better, if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, let's talk about it there. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Remember that for listeners of The Productive Woman, Text Expander is offering 20% off your purchase of this outstanding productivity tool. This is like the first or second app that goes on every device that I use. I've used it for years, long before they started uh, sponsoring the podcast. And you can visit textexpander.com slash TPW to learn more and be sure to use my code TPW at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for being here, for spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was time well spent and that there was something in this episode that was encouraging or helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Mm -hmm.